Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. Learn more about the program and our church when you visit walkintruth.com or you can always download the free Living Truth app. Now here's part two of Pastor Michael's teaching in Isaiah 48 called, For My Own Sake, I Will Act. Look at verse 3, Isaiah 48. I declared the former things long ago, and they went forth from my mouth, and I proclaimed them. Suddenly I acted, and they came to pass. The former things will tie to God's plan to use Cyrus to bring deliverance as he, the king of Persia, will crush um, Babylon. He says, because, 48.4, I know that you are obstinate, and your neck is an iron sinew, and your forehead... Bronze. If you have the NIV, it says, For I knew how stubborn you were. The sinews of your neck were iron. Your forehead was bronze. Now, I've heard of bronze knuckles, but I've never heard of a bronze forehead. But, but when you think about the phrase of bronze and you have the idea of iron here in the neck, what you see is a people that are, the Bible often calls them stiff. Remember it? Stiff neck. Now, some of you who have stiff necks, you know what that's like. Because if you want to look at somebody, you have to turn your whole body to look. And they say, do you have a stiff neck? And you say, yes, I have a stiff neck. Well, Israel was called a stiff-necked people. In this sense, they would not bow to God. That's the idea. They were hard-hearted, stubborn uh, obstinate people. They, this, this kind of language has the idea of uh, temperamentally difficult. It speaks of being cantankerous, um, all those things that uh, are not so pleasant. Therefore, verse 5, I declared them to you long ago before they took place, God prophesied history in advance. I proclaimed them to you lest you should say, notice this, my idol, middle of five, has done them. And my graven image and my molten image have commanded them. Do you remember when Moses was up on the mountain just for those 40 days to get the law? The people were dancing around a golden calf and the proclamation was made, this is the God who brought you out of Egypt. What? Are you kidding me? As for this Moses guy, we don't know what happened to him, but there's a lot of fire up there and he walked right into it. So I guess we're sticking with the gods that you know, the Egyptians and the others worship. You have heard, six, look at all this, and you, will you not declare it? I proclaim to you new things from this time, even hidden things which you have not known. I think the NIV will help us here. It says, you have heard these things, look at them all. Will you not admit them? Have you ever been in a situation where truth kind of smacks you in the face and you're stuck and you get called out and someone says to you, you're being stubborn. Well, you're being stiff-necked. No, I'm not. (laughs) Right? The evidence is staring you in the face. And then someone says, will you just admit it? No, I can't admit I'm wrong. Right? How many of you remember, this is going to totally date me, uh, Happy Days with the Fonz. You remember that? Oh, wow. Are there reruns on? Anyway, what was it? He could never say that he was sorry or wrong. I was, was it sorry? 
No, it was just, he couldn't get it out. And God's saying, just say it. You were wrong. Admit it. They are created, created seven now and not long ago. Before today, you have not heard them, lest you should say. <laughs> have you ever been, been this? You, uh, you, get, you get nailed on something, and, or you nail somebody else on something, and, and you're waiting for the response, and they say, I knew it all the time. I knew it was going to happen that way. And you say, 20 minutes ago, you were in a pool of sweat saying that there's no God and you're giving up everything. No, 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 no. I knew it. I knew it all along. Knew it was going to happen just this way. No, you didn't. (laughs) Verse 7 says, lest you should say, behold, I knew them. Yeah, knew it the whole time. You have not heard, you have not known, verse 8, even from long ago, your ear has not been opened because I knew that you would deal very treacherously. This is in-your-face stuff. And you have been called a rebel from birth. Woo! Wow. But God, you know, even with all that stuff, that, those initial eight verses that just kind of smack you a couple of times, then here's what God says. Look at how holy God is. For the sake of my name, I delay my wrath. And for my praise, I restrain it for you in order not to cut you off. That speaks of being cut off, speaks of death as a just reward for sin. If you have uh, NIV, it says, For my own namesake, I delay my wrath. For the sake of my praise, I hold it back from you so as not to cut you off. The Lord works everything for the sake of his praise. He delays his wrath. He's not willing that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. This is an interesting verse. Um, Go to Jeremiah 18. Next book over again. Look at verse 7. Sometimes people wonder about how does it work with God and his sovereignty and nations and we're on the eve of a national day of prayer. Take a look at this. This is Jeremiah 18. You've heard this before. Some of you have seen Pottersfield Ministry, and this is Michael's uh, chapter where he talks about the vessel in the potter's hand, and he acts it out here with his potter's will. Well, here's what happens after that. This is verse 7, Jeremiah 18. At one moment I might speak, God is talking, concerning a nation or concerning a kingdom to uproot, to pull down, or to destroy it. If that nation against which I have spoken turns from its evil... I will relent concerning the calamity I plan to bring on it. Or at another moment, I might speak concerning a nation or concerning a kingdom to build up or to plant it. Prosperate is the idea. If it does evil in my sight by not obeying my voice, then I will think better of the good with which I had promised to bless it. You see, the Lord has the sovereignty to choose whatever he wants to do. Uh, Nineveh, remember when Jonah finally went and preached? What did the nation do? From the king down, they repented. And God said, I won't judge him. Was God caught by surprise? He didn't know they were going to repent? No, that's nonsense. God already knew, but he sent the preacher to bring the message and they repented and God did not bring the judgment. But if another nation that's sitting pretty under the blessings of God decides to turn away from God and commit evil in God's sight, then God says, guess what? 
I have, since I'm God, after all, I can then turn the tide on that nation. Uh, the founding fathers had some, an interesting view. Go to the book of Psalms, uh, Psalm 78. Their view was they did not believe that God would judge nations in the afterlife because they didn't see that there was any way that a nation collectively could be judged. So they thought only judgment in the future would be for individuals, and thus they believed that God would have to judge nations now in the present and not uh, wait until the afterlife. I'll let you wrestle with that, but that's kind of the idea of Jeremiah 18. Psalm 78, look at verse 37. 78:37. For their heart was not steadfast toward him, God is speaking of Israel, nor were they faithful in his covenant, 78:38. But he being compassionate forgave their iniquity and did not destroy them. And often he restrained his anger and did not arouse all his wrath. Thus he remembered that they were but flesh a wind that passes and does not return. How often they rebelled against him in the wilderness and grieved him in the desert. And again and again they tempted or tested God and pained the Holy One of Israel. But because it's in God's nature, you could say that grace is God's nature. You could say, we say we have in First John that God is love. Well, love is really grace. Or grace is an expression of love. So God's nature is really one of grace. Yes, he's holy. Yes, he's just. But he is also very loving and compassionate and slow to anger. And often in the wilderness, he restrained his anger. Though rightfully, he could have judged them. Go back to Isaiah 48, but he did not. And I wonder how many times in my pre- and post-Christian days, God has restrained his anger when I should have been given, (laughs) taken to the woodshed. Know what I'm saying? Anybody feel what I'm saying right now? Are you with me? Okay. But he restrained his anger. He was patient with me. He's not willing that I should perish. Uh, He does discipline the one that he loves. And God says, here's what I did. Instead of destroying Israel, this is 48.10, he did something else. He says, behold, I have refined you, but not as silver. When the refining process of silver happens, the idea of the silversmith is to remove the dross from the silver. But in Israel's case, there was no silver. (laughs) It was all dross. What do you do with something like that when there's not a whole lot of good to preserve, when everything's going to be burned up in the fire? Uh, God said, I have tested you in the furnace of affliction. There's uh, an older worship song that many of us know who have been around the church for a while, and it's called Refiner's Fire. Do you guys remember that song? The, the, the words go, my heart's one desire is to be holy, set apart for you, oh God. And I used to say to people, do you realize what you are singing in that song? You're singing about a refiner's fire. Have you ever seen one of those? When you get put into one of those, you burn the furnace of affliction. But the idea of that was to bring out gold refined in the fire. It was a purifying fire. That's the idea. And so what's the context, Bible students? Israel is in 
70 years of what? Babylonian captivity. The purpose of the captivity is not to destroy the people, but to purge the people. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Walk in Truth has more content for you to listen to with our mini-sodes A Step Closer, where Pastor Michael Lance and others on the Walk in Truth team discuss topics and questions about life from a Christian perspective. You'll also get a chance to get to know the team. We have just celebrated Easter, so the first series is on the resurrection. So if something is that, that's written down reflects poorly on what is being described or what is being reported on, if that reflects poorly... That lends to its credibility. Yes. Because normally we say, well, the writers are biased. Regardless, we're not just talking about the New Testament. Any writer's biased, they want to get their point of view across. But what shows their objectivity or attempt to be objective is when they include information or facts that reflect poorly on themselves or the narrative they're trying to push. Yes. And, and so let's take a step further towards that. So when the women go to the apostles who are supposed to be the brave followers of Christ, right. they say... The, the women have lost their minds, to paraphrase. They do. They're just crazy tales. They, they don't believe it, which is another embarrassment yeah. because, of course, the, the documents go on to say that Christ is risen and it becomes crystal clear. But the, the way that it, this is written down, and we believe it corresponds exactly to what happened, is that they don't believe they have no faith. To listen to the Walk in Truth mini-sodes a step closer, follow Walk in Truth on your favorite podcast app like Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcast, and more. Again, follow Walk in Truth on your favorite podcast app. We'd love to see who's listening, so please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walk in Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance right here on Walk in Truth. Gold refined in the fire. It was a purifying fire. That's the idea. And so what's the context, Bible students? Israel is in 70 years of what? Babylonian captivity. The purpose of the captivity is not to destroy the people, but to purge the people. So there's really a whole generation that lives in Babylon, and they're there, not because God wants to destroy the nation, but to purge the nation to purge them from idolatry, to say to them, look, if you want idols, I'll bring you to a land where you have idols aplenty. You can, everywhere you walk, there'll be an idol. And I wonder if you'll get sick of them there. And God says, for my own sake, 11, for my own sake, I will act. God will protect his name because if he wiped them out, imagine what the Gentile nations would say. This was God's chosen people. Even Moses said, what will the nations say? What will Egypt say if you wipe them out? For how, God says, can my name be profaned? The idea of profane, think of profanity. And my glory I will not give to another. The word for profaned in Hebrew means to defile, pollute, to wound, to pierce, or to hollow out. God says, I don't want my name to be hollowed, emptied of its glory and power by what you do. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to work despite what you do, Israel. 
I'm going to rescue you or I'm going to turn this around for good for the sake of my name to the glory of the praise of my grace. You can read Ephesians 1 verses 3 through 14 where God basically says we are trophies of his grace. He chose us from the very foundation of the world, not because we were all that, but because God wanted to glorify his name in us in saving people like us. We are a trophy of his grace. So that's good news for those of us who struggle in this world with being weak and sinful. God is going to um, be true to his word. He says in Isaiah 42, 8, I am the Lord, that is my name. I will not give my glory to another, nor my praise to graven images. God will not give his glory, end of verse 11, to another. Listen to me, God says, O Jacob. Even Israel, whom I have called, I am he. I'm going to write this story. I am the first. I'm the Aleph. I am also the last, I'm the Tav, I'm the beginning, I'm the end, the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning of the Hebrew uh, alphabet and the end of it, the beginning of the Greek alphabet and the end of it, however you want to say it. I'm the beginning and the end. I created it, I'm going to consummate it. That's who I am. God calls, but when God calls, there has to be someone who listens, right? Now notice the illustration that God will give. Look at 13. Surely my hand founded the earth. My right hand spread out the heavens. When I call to them, the created universe, what do they do? They stand together. Can you imagine having the power to call to the sun or to the moon? And if you said, hey, moon, shape up. Okay, am I not looking good today, God? I'm sorry. God might say, you're looking a little cheesy today. You need to, sorry, uh, I, know. I thought you might need a little humor at this point. Right. Can you imagine? Think of the ark. How did the animals get on the ark? I mean, if you were Noah and you had some pretty ferocious animals walking by, would you be a little freaked out? But see, God just calls to his created order. And when he calls to his created order, he said to the ocean, you can only go this far. And the ocean stopped. That's power. He said to the stars, here's where you'll be. Here's where you'll be. Here's where you'll be. You'll be there. You'll be there. You'll be there. To the planets, you're going to rotate this way. You're going to rotate that way. And it was. And he said, let there be light. He called it out and light was. And he calls to his people made in his image. And we go, I don't know. You see the illustration? I call to the nation that I created from the loins of Abraham. I call to them. The sun will stand up when I call. The moon, the polar bear, the oceans, whatever you want to talk about. But when I call to my people, they say, nah, I think we'll, I think we'll, set up one of these idols that we made in the corner over here because they're more predictable. We can put them wherever we want and we can even make them say what we want and do it. We can even make them look like us. Ah. And God's saying, no, 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 no. Assemble all of you and listen. Who among them has declared these things? The Lord loves him. Now, this is uh, transferring over to Cyrus, the king of Persia. He shall carry out God's good pleasure, his good pleasure on Babylon. He's going to bring freedom to his people. His arm shall be against the Chaldeans. That's another name for the Babylonians. 
I, even I have spoken. God is talking about the freedom that he's going to bring through the calling of a Persian warlord. You see, how... Here's how it works. God, get, he uses the illustration of creation responding to his call. He says, my people didn't respond to my call, so I'll call a Persian. I'll call him from the distant country, and he'll come and bring freedom to my people. He'll be my shepherd. Because my, my, the people that should be the shepherds of my people, they don't shepherd my people. So I'll call a Persian king who's a Gentile pagan and he'll come as the rescuing hero to bring freedom to my people because he'll, he'll heed my call. They won't. You see that? You've been listening to For My Own Sake, I Will Act, part two on Walk in Truth. That's Pastor Michael's teaching in Isaiah 48. If you missed any part of today's program, you can listen to Walk in Truth on our Free Living Truth app or wherever you get your podcasts. And remember that Walk in Truth is a listener-supported ministry. Your financial partnership helps us broadcast on this station. How long have you been listening? Can you help us pay for airtime on this station? We'd be blessed if you could help us continue in this ministry. A monthly partnership of at least $5 a month is all we ask. That's like the price of a cup of coffee, unless you're really fancy. Anyway, if you're blessed by this ministry and believe others in your community can be too, please visit walkintruth.com now to donate. That's walkintruth.com. Now here's Pastor Michael before we go. When Jesus was interacting with some religious leaders of his day, he said, you don't know the scriptures or the power of God. The scriptures reveal the power of God. The gospel is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. And you can see that even though the children of Israel were largely rebellious to God, he acted for his own sake. And he moved and he reminds us often of what he did in history. And you can think of the flood and you can think of Sodom and Gomorrah and you can think of the Passover where God gloriously, powerfully rescued his people through miracles and yet judged Egypt. And then as the time passes, we move from old to new and God speaks to us in these last days through his own son. The power of God, of course, on display in the son, as he did miracles, as he calmed the sea with a word, as he was able to raise the dead, the power of God manifest. The kingdom of God is about the power of God. And that power is in his people through the Holy Spirit. And as we submit to that power, preach the power of the gospel, well, things, good things happen because the things of the world are certainly unstable. But when God's power touches a life, a family, a marriage, a city, things begin to shift and change. And that's the beauty of what it means to walk with the Lord and know that he is always consistent in what he's doing. And that is to draw people to himself and, of course, to be glorified. This is Pastor Michael Lance. You're listening to Walk in Truth. We're going through the book of Isaiah right now, and we've been uh, tracking, uh, walking through it together. And I pray it's been a great blessing for you. You may have never done this before. Maybe you've never gone through a book like Isaiah, 66 chapters. And yes, we taught all 66 chapters at a Wednesday night study, a little, little ways back. 
at uh, Living Truth Christian Fellowship. And uh, what a blessing to see the whole book come together and come before us. And I'm, I'm glad you, that you've been part of it, that you've been aboard for the journey. I pray that you are growing in your most holy faith. Hey, I want to let you know that I pastor a church in the city of Corona called Living Truth Christian Fellowship. The great church, uh, largely behind this broadcast, I say that because we get listener support, but the congregation is supporting this radio ministry as they give to a local church here in the city of Corona. And our deep desire, something that the Lord put on my heart years ago, was that we would get, go way beyond our four walls and reach as many people as possible with the gospel. Thank you for helping us with that. Thank you for your prayers. Thank you for listening. Thank you for supporting us. Thank you for telling people about the ministry. It's a great blessing. Now, uh, speaking of the church here in Corona, we have two services on Sunday morning. If you're anywhere in Southern California, you'd like to come and check it out. It's a great loving church, great worship, just great people. And then you're going to get the teaching that you've become uh, accustomed to here on Walk in Truth. Two services on Sunday mornings, 8.30 and 10.30 a.m., Living Truth Christian Fellowship in Corona. We're at 1009 Arsenal Way. You can think of the armor of God. Pretty much right off the 91 Freeway and Lincoln Avenue in the northern part of Corona. We'd love for you to bring family and friends and come out and worship with us. Come say hello. We have uh, usually donuts and coffee out before the services and just a great atmosphere of praise and worship going on. We'd love for you to be part of it. Check it out today when you go to walkintruth.com. Click on the church tab for more info and driving directions. Walkintruth.com. Click on that church tab. Hey, have a tremendous weekend. Count your blessings. Enjoy. And we'll catch you right here either Sunday or Monday. God bless you. And join us on Monday for part three of Pastor Michael's teaching in Isaiah 48 called, For My Own Sake I Will Act. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. Our goal is to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.